Hi guys, and welcome to this episode of The Decade Podcast. If you've listened to previous episodes, I just want to start by thanking you for coming back to continue tuning in on our journey throughout this decade. And if you're new to this podcast, I'm very happy that you found your way in here today, and I hope that you will enjoy this episode. And this is a podcast where we curiously explore holistic sustainability and answers to the question, how on earth can we live together? Join us as we learn from inspiring stories from champions of sustainability and beyond. We hope to inspire you to think, act and work for a better planet for all throughout this decade of action. In this episode, we speak with Nick Marchesi, who is an amazing impact entrepreneur. He's one of the co-founders of Orange Sky, the world's first free mobile laundry service for people experiencing homelessness. What started as an idea to improve hygiene standards and restore dignity to people has evolved into something much bigger and more powerful. Nick started Orange Sky at age of 20 with his friend Lucas Patchett in Brisbane, Australia, and has now grown into an international enterprise that makes real impact every day. Amongst other things, we talk about the amazing story of Orange Sky, social entrepreneurship, and how important it is sometimes only to take that first step towards making positive impact and trust that the rest will fall into place. Nick and Lucas is truly a living proof of that. So without further ado, I give you our next episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Decade Podcast. Today, we're delighted to have Nick Marchese from with us from Orange Sky, Australia. How are you today, Nick? Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So a bit about Nick here. He's the co-founder of Orange Sky, which uh, he started with his friend at the young age of 20. And Orange Sky is an organization that is uh, providing laundry and showers to people in need that started out in Australia and now they're operating across multiple countries but what they found when doing this is that um, perhaps even more importantly than just the cleaning of uh, these people and their clothes was the conversations and meetings had uh, from doing this so that's super fascinating and we'll get into that more in this conversation and uh, Nick has also been awarded Young Australian of the Year in 2016 and uh, Order of the Medal of Australia, along with his co-founder, Lucas. So super happy to have you here. And uh, is there anything you would like to add as uh, the description of who you are in 2021, Nick? Uh, no, I think you did a, an amazing job. I'd, I'd probably um, add that I'm just a, a normal, everyday young person who um, is, is curious and um, likes helping people. And uh, in Australia, uh, we live in a country which has um, so, some of the oldest living people and uh, always want to acknowledge uh, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as uh, the traditional custodians of the land. Uh, today I'm on Yagara country and uh, wherever you join globally, uh, the, the beautiful uh, country of, of Brisbane, which I'm in, uh, Mianjin has uh, an amazing river 
through it and uh, the, the Turrbal and Yagara people have uh, lived from that, that river for over 60,000 years. So I uh, want to acknowledge those elders past, present and emerging uh, and the remarkable contribution they've made and sacrifices they've made uh, to, to this land. Amazing. That's a super interesting topic as well that we're intending to dive deeper in uh, in the coming episodes here of the decade. And uh, But for now, let's just build up a bit about uh, to people to understand what, what it is that you do and why you do it. So could you just briefly walk us through mainly what the how, the what and the why is of uh, Orange Sky? Like, what is it that you do? How do you do it? And why do you do it perhaps more fundamentally? Yeah, so um, I guess we started Orange Sky back in 2014 at, at the age of 20, like you said, and um, our mission when we started was to improve hygiene standards for people out there in our own backyard that didn't have access to things that we took for granted, things like uh, someone to talk to, a, a place to have a shower, uh, somewhere to get your, your laundry done. Uh, so that first mission of improving hygiene standards, our, um, you know, we kn- knew that we needed some washing machines, so we convinced a company to give us some washing machines. We chucked them in the back of this old van. We went down alongside a food van, which we participated in school that fed people out there in the community. And uh, we set the van up, Sudsy, uh, and it was a massive disaster. The The van didn't work and um, we'd, we'd let people down who uh, had been let down in their life. So uh, we begged and pleaded for some more washing machines. We made a few changes. We went back to the exact same time the next morning um, and again, um, uh, people trusted us with their only possessions in their life. We put their possessions in our washing machine and the van broke again. Uh, and at that point in time, we, we knew that, that orange sky, uh, was something that had the potential to, to help people like Jordan our, our first ever wash. So we got some more washing machines. We went back to the drawing board. We made some changes and, uh, we went out there for the third morning and, and Jordan was, uh, waiting for us again. And, uh, Jordan trusted us with, with his only possessions in, in his life. We put him in the washing machine and, and everything worked perfectly. And um, that morning was a massive sigh of relief because that mission that we thought that we were out there to achieve to improve hygiene standards had been realised. But what we realised was that what Orange Sky could do was far greater than, than washing clothes. Um, you know, it took an hour to, to wash and dry Jordan's clothes and um, he wasn't going anywhere because his washing machines were... Uh, his washing was captive to the washing machine and we weren't going anywhere because we were captive to, to the van. So an opportunity to sit down and connect um, that conversation changed my life and, and, and hopefully had a massive impact on, on Jordan's life. So very quickly, we then rewrote our why to positively connecting communities. And now how we do that each and every day around Australia is with um, vans that have washing machines and dryers in it, uh, vans that have showers on board, but most importantly, every one of our vans uh, has six orange chairs that people um, sit down on and, and positively connect on on every day. And um, I guess that why of, of positive connection for people like Jordan is is why we exist. Um, how we do it is through these bright orange vans, incredible volunteers, amazing donors. Um, and I guess what we, we do now is, is we deliver that service sort of 250 times a week. So our vans always go to the same park at the same time, same place alongside another food van or, or drop-in centre. And um, we, um, our constant goal is to continue to um, add shifts so we can deliver our impact. Mm, amazing. 
I really like that story. And um, but I want to rewind a little bit to the beginning there that you spoke about that you had some some challenges in the beginning. The the washing machines broke down and such. And how was that? Was there a lot of like insecurity? A lot of thoughts like what are we doing? Like were there any doubt? And how did you like see everything through and and kept on going? And now you're a a huge company. Like how did you get through that phase in the beginning? I think, um, you know, the reason why we, we started or the way we got through it in the beginning was that Lucas and I um, were very curious people who liked solving problems and we had a um, real desire to help people. And, you know, it was just us. So it was pretty easy to make decisions. It was pretty easy to combine our efforts to go and help people. So, you know, that, that was sort of probably what gave us the resilience at the start was that we were incredibly passionate about what we were doing and um, we were just actively out there to, to try and solve a problem but then the next phase was that we met Jordan and uh, we realized that Jordan trusted us and, and that trust exchange was something that was so incredibly special to us and then uh, we trusted volunteers and you know we wanted to make sure that volunteers weren't let down with a, a really dodgy van so you know we we then changed the way we did stuff and then Uh, we had donors from from sort of 24 countries around the world trusting us with their money, and you know we we then wanted to to spend that money in in growing what we were doing. So I guess you know um, there's been lots of of trials and tribulations, and you know we we like saying it at Orange Sky Challenge is a part of our DNA. We're working with people mm-hmm. in potentially the toughest times of their life. We're working on um, some really tough and and complex challenges, but um, also that's something that we aren't afraid of it's something that's present it's something that is difficult but it's something that we try and lean in and lean in with the right people uh to to respond to mm-hmm. no i think it's a great mindset to to welcome those those challenges to see it's as as p- part of the job kind of but how was the the idea perceived i think it's, it's a quite um it must be a like a, a new idea like someone haven't done before like how how was your idea perceived by people around you like family friends and, and such was there support or was there a bit of a skepticism how was it in the beginning yeah so um you know lucas and i went to school together and and we were you know just out of being teenagers and i can remember coming home um from my previous job one day and saying to my mum, you know mum, lucas and i are going to start a a free mobile laundry and and my mum said nick how about you start washing your own clothes so um i guess we were we had um we had we had haters and and doomers from from day one even our most um avid supporters being our our parents so i think you know the the idea was was always a little bit strange but also was always an idea that um spark some some really simplicity and, and curiosity in in people you know we weren't trying to get people to understand um, genomic sequencing or uh, the different planets. What we were getting people to realize is um, the importance of of hygiene, which, you know, people, um, the majority of people in the world have had a a level of access to and human connection, which the majority of people have have had access to in the world. So we were just reminding people that um, there are people out there that don't have as um, great or a quality experience than Um, other people uh, that they know do and and I think that that was something that um, helped us through through that is that people you know definitely thought we were crazy people um, definitely think that we're doing the wrong thing and that's still um, that's still evident in what we do and and it's about um, you know we're an organization that's founded on listening and but also um, you know giving things a go and that's uh, that's what we did 
seven years ago and it's hopefully what we do each and every day now. Mm. I'm, I'm super interested to hear more about how it works with, uh, with your volunteers because you're over 1800 volunteers now, right? Yeah, that, that's it. So that's, that's super interesting how you got to that size from that just original concept idea of I'm going to put some washing machines in a, in a van and go around, but like specifically, how does it work when you, to get the volunteers? What do you perceive to be why they step up to the plate and what uh, they personally get out of it? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we've, we've now got sort of t- nearly 2000 volunteers across um, mm-hmm. Australia and, and New Zealand. And, um, you know, I, I think um, the reason why Orange Sky exists is because of remarkable volunteers that put their lives on hold to, to go out there and, and connect with people in the, in the community. So, um, you know, I, I think as well, um, if, if COVID has taught us anything, it's uh, the importance of hygiene and human connection isn't only important for a category of people that don't have homes. Um, hygiene and, and a human connection is um, pivotal to, to life. So, um, you know, throughout COVID, we've been reminded of, you know, the luxuries of hanging out with our friends and family or the luxuries of, of knowing if you will be hygienically safe. And I think that that's sort of something that, you know, is prevalent in our volunteer communities as well as that, you know, um, a percentage of our, our volunteers, like all of us, are lonely, isolated, disconnected. So uh, for some volunteers, you know, what brings them coming back is that they absolutely love helping and they are retired and they've got free time and they want to talk to people for a percentage of volunteers. They actually don't like washing, uh, but also they're lonely and they want an opportunity to go out there and, and speak to people in the community. And I think that's something that um, is really um, special at, at Orange Sky is that, you know, there are so many different reasons why people come to to, to Orange Sky and um, the constant is that that human connection that's so, so special. Mm. Yeah, the human connection is really really important i think we can't stress that enough and you know how the they didn't have like death penalties in the old old days but rather they had ostracized like the ostracized people from from the tribe sent them out on their loan and i think there's some similarity to what the the modern society the phenomena that occurs when someone becomes without a home and without a job they come outside of the system and what i hear is that you're taking an a way to help them get back in with dignifying them as human, like tidying them up and having the conversations with them as fellow fellow human beings rather than someone that is outside the system. So I find that really, really fascinating. And have you thought about anything about this, what what it is that you do and how that relates to human dignity? Yeah, I, I think like every every day we uh, our eyes are opened again and again to um, why that that's so important, I think. As, as humans, um, we innately are uncomfortable um, by things that we all experience and whether that be our appearance or our um, identity or our beliefs, I think that, um, you know, even though we're all made of pretty much the same stuff, um, there's a lot of things that are different about all of us. And I think that that diversity is incredibly um, unique and, and special, but also sometimes that diversity is what divides us. And I think, you know, in, in our case, the thing that we try and reconnect people on is an idea to, to have um, access to hygiene and uh, to have access to someone to talk to. Now, for some people, that, that access is completely different to to other people and maybe the way they like communicating with people or, you know, the, the amount of times they want to wash their clothes in a week. And um, I think that that's something that um, is always um, so special to remind ourselves is that 
you know, there's no one silver bullet for how clean your clothes need to be, or no one's ever going to say you need to wash your, your t-shirt three times a week or once a month. Um, and it's the same as with how much you should talk to people or connect with people is that, uh, you know, sometimes people come down to orange sky just to sit and feel safe. And, um, you know, that's, that's the, the impact orange sky has on, on them. Mm, amazing. Well, what I found really interesting as well to when I've, I've heard you talk uh, is that you don't call these people that come to Orange Sky, like the homeless people that you, you have washing their clothes, you don't call them as clients or, or customers, but you go, you call them friends. And I really found that s- super nice. And I've also heard you say that your your volunteers are not there to to fix anything or to come with any like uh, ad- advice or like you should do this to get on track again. They're, they're solely there to, to listen and to have a conversation. And I really found that fascinating. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that? It's like, what was it that came to the decision to call them friends? And, and, and why do you have that approach to just listening? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we very quickly wanted to make sure that we were aligned with what our, our purpose was at, at Orange Sky. And um, there's a really um, unfortunate power um, exchange and, and privilege, privilege exchange between someone offering a service and someone being a recipient of that service. And I think, you know, in the industries that, that we play in, you know, words like customer or client or, you know, user are all words that are, that are thrown out. And I think that patron, you know, the, these words are um, very, I think, undignifying for um, what is really happening. And I think that the word that, that we um, you know, landed on when we started was friend because it was a word that put people beside each other and around each other rather than um, you know, a, a direct value exchange because the value that um, Orange Sky um, gives to friends is the exact same value that a friend gives to a volunteer. And you know, it's the exact same value that a donor um, is given when they know that um, you know their their generosity is having a, an impact on uh, someone who they may never meet's life. Mm. Yeah, this is interesting to have. A, I don't know if you call it exchange, but a reciprocal uh, relationship between the the service providers, or just or rather just shifting that perspective to two friends having a conversation and both getting benefits from it. But because what I'm really hearing is that. The volunteers are also getting some needs met through like tapping into generosity and reconnection and being in this state of being of service because i think that perhaps is also something that humans feel like a physiological need so that's super interesting and it's something that i've been fascinated by for quite some time now is and it comes uh, partly reconnects to when we had an episode with uh, a guy called Joran Jenvi who gave us this distinction of in Sweden, business is traditionally called näringsliv, which is translated to nurturing life, which then taps back into what I feel is like the essence of social entrepreneurship. So it's really interesting to hear. And I've been, I want to hear you talk about like, how is your relationship to, to money and uh, how do you cope with that throughout time with your organization? Yeah, so so Orange Sky is a, a not-for-profit, uh, a charity. Um, the the main or well, our only revenue stream at Orange Sky is people 
donating to us. So, you know, when we started, um, it was something that Lucas and I funded ourselves and it didn't really cost much to use a van that we owned and had the remarkable generosity of a washing machine company to give us machines. Um, you know, now Orange Guy is a multi-million dollar organization with, um, you know, thousands of donations every week. And, you know, obviously the the scale and complexity of what we've done from day one has has changed but you know some things haven't changed the importance we place on um, doing everything we can to provide a good experience the um, importance we place on being as transparent as possible with our donors are are things that are really important to us Hmm. and i think like we've we've touched a little bit on social enterprise before in in this podcast and we've also talked about it in our education as well and uh, and by creating a social enterprise like yours I, i can imagine that that it could be quite hard to see the actual income of the business from the start if compared to if you start a business as usual, the profit and the income is always in, in the center. The core and the purpose of the business is to make money. With uh, social ent- enterprises, it's more to focus on like making positive impact, of course. Um, but from your experience, uh, for if we if we play with the idea that for people wanting to start social enterprises, but uh, at the same time are a bit depending on a monthly income, are there any creative ways to get funding in the beginning? And, and how was it for you and Lucas when you started Orange Sky? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what we did from from day one is um, we told stories. And, um, you know, that's been at the, the heart of what, what Orange Sky does is that, you know, we, we tell people about what we do and, and we, we share that through a, a story. And I think that that's sort of been one of the greatest successes of, of what we've done is that, um, you know, people can connect with a fellow human being and uh, understand the you know the journey that they're they're on and I think that those stories have um, really enabled Orange Sky to um, engage with a lot of different people that now resonate with with what we do Mm. Cool. and what I want to ask you as well is like you've done this for six seven years now right yeah and is there any success stories that you would like to share with us someone that have come into you like feeling at the rock bottom very hopeless and coming into orange sky talking with you guys washing their clothes and are in a completely different place in life at at this point um yeah i think every every day you know one of the the first people we ever helped was a a gentleman by the name of neville and um you know after a few weeks of neville sort of um observing what we were doing he he trusted us to to wash and dry some of his clothes and um from that you know neville talked about or shared his passion for for running and, and helping out and, you know, then Neville now or now Neville's worked for Orange Sky for about five years, um, making all of our, our T-shirts and, and coordinating our warehouse. And I think, you know, there's people like Neville out there that, um, you know, fall on tough times, get disconnected from their their family and their community and find an opportunity to reconnect at, at Orange Sky. And, um, you know, more recently, you know, Lucas and I were in a van and we we went to, to a petrol station to, to fill up with some some petrol and, and we went in to pay and you know the the person behind the counter said oh actually uh, the person that was in here before you um, actually just paid for your your fuel because um, you know they wanted to say thank you for helping them and um, you know we'll never uh, meet that person potentially however um, at some point in time Orange Sky has has helped them and I think that that's something that is really important to acknowledge but also back on that volunteering point is that uh, you know, there would be volunteers that have come to 
Orange Sky and, uh, you know, been, been really struggling and, and potentially they're not volunteering with Orange Sky and are hopefully in a better place from, from when they started. Mm, that's cool. Like this, this form of uh, doing service in social entrepreneurship is, if I just relate it to some of the altruism from big billionaires and big foundations, can I think that your organization with the people on the ground with conversation has the ear on the rail in another way. And I find that interesting. Do you think there's uh, that you have another approach and possibilities to actually listen and uh, adjust to the needs of, of the communities that you operate within because that you're, you're close to the, the action? Uh, absolutely. And you know, I think that that's something, um, you know, one of the great things about, you know, being on four wheels is that we can um, respond to, to communities um, as and when things change. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that is a part of our design is that, you know, if we can design our services to be adaptive and we're an organisation that should be good at listening, um, then we, um, you know, have a really good opportunity to um, really lean into our continuous or continue, continuous improvement cycle of, of what we do. So, you know, I, I would hope that, um, you know, what we do well is, is listen and connect with people. Do we do it all the time? Well, no. And I think that's something that as an organization, we need to continually um, lead in and um, do the best we, we can. Mm, for sure. And uh, we were previously on this podcast talked uh, at length about GDP and uh, the reductionist approach of how that works. And I just want to hear your thoughts on, because uh, I know you've been implementing this uh, called social impact indicators. So if I just recap a little bit, we were talking about like the GDP and that it measures only financial transaction and not, not every financial transaction comes from something that is doing good. It comes from more imprisonment, more cat catastrophes and floods and whatever. So perhaps as a balancing board, I would like to hear you speak about what these social impact indicators is and, and uh, how you use them. Yeah, it came a, a couple of years ago where we wanted to see, um, you know, to try and qualify the the economic impacts that we were having on on the communities, and uh, we we engaged Deloitte to um, look at the key economic drivers of um, what shows up at, at Orange Sky, predominantly around the shift, and the shift being that you know when a, a volunteer picks up a van, takes it to a location, other volunteers get together and they they help people. That's what a shift is at, at Orange Sky, and. Uh, through their work, they were able to, you know, quantify about a thousand Australian dollars of economic impact when a or social and economic impact when a shift went out, and um, you know, sort of a large percentage of that was the quality of life for the friend. A large percentage of that was the quality of life to the volunteer, and also there was economic elements around, you know, the cost uh, to the health system on someone presenting. Uh, to emergency through to the cost, the economic cost of someone volunteering, um, what that that has on a community, and um, all those things rolled up through, um, you know, some some really bright minds got to that every time a, a, a van goes out uh, on a shift, a thousand dollars of value, and you know that was something for for us that was um, really interesting to then run all of our our services through and really look at well, what does a, a baseline or best practice look like for, you know, when a, a van is going out? And, you know, I, I think we, or I know that we engage that piece of work to really be almost like a, a stamp on what we were doing. But the, the thing that actually came from that work was actually using it as a really simple way for us to articulate uh, what does good look like, where do we want to go to, and, and how do we strive to continually improve to get there? Mm-hmm. 
So this is interesting that uh, like measuring uh, impact is such an uh, important part, I believe, that uh, actually showing what you do, because that's part of the story. That's a very important part of the story to uh, showcase what it is that you do and the impact that you have. And there's this quote that what we are what we measure. Yeah, that's one as well. But I thought what gets measured gets managed. And I think that when you can provide these uh, impact measurement, then you can go come back to your donors again and say, here's what we did. Here's the benefit. Mm. And uh, mm. even if that's not the exact truth that happens in reality, because you can never quantify reality, perhaps, then it can be a really helpful step to move the ball forward kind of in, in this game and mm. see the showcase for not only your organization, but the, that these impacts happen from from these types of engagements that that Orange Guy is one of. So I think that's mm. beautiful that you've taken that step. Thank you. Yeah, and I think also it gives you the you see like black and white what you're actually doing. I mean, you can it can feel really good when you're you're out there, you're doing this impact. You see the actual. Um, benefit when you're out there, the people get in, getting getting happier with these conversations, getting clean clothes, they get to shower. You see, see like in in real life, but but to show for like stakeholders and to, to like follow up the actual work that you do to see they see like okay, this week we've provided so many showers, so many washings. I think it's um, I think it's a super important key, and I remember our. Our professor Mark emphasized this really much, and that's why I said it to you there, Melker, that we are we are what we measure. And I think we discussed this in, in the essence of GDP. That he's he's not a big fan of GDP, I can say. And we <laughs> we we, uh, we we talk about uh, alternative ways of of measuring like um, development for for countries because GDP has this measurement uh, for some reason that and that it's quite hard sometimes to. To measure the the happiness of people, for example, like how, how do you how do you measure it? But here, I think it's a, such a such a good way to to show like everyone around uh, Orange Sky, okay, we're doing real impact here. You, you can see it when you're out there, but here you have it black and white, and I think it's it's a really good key. I think. Thank you. Um, so this is uh, another part of um, what I think begins with this, like what you're doing can also. Be of benefit to to other people, perhaps other entrepreneurs for starting up social entrepreneurship. So, I want to hear you speak about the the Volibi platform, and I'll I won't even describe it. I'll let you describe it to to have your words to it, and uh, then we'll go from there. Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple of years ago, um, we um, started to hear from a lot of charities that we were working with their uh, questions about how do we operate and and how do we um, you know, do what we do with all, with all these volunteers running vans. And we very quickly realized that, you know, some of the tooling that we'd built and prioritized to build for ourselves was actually a need for the sector. So uh, we sort of had a, had a dream that, you know, potentially Orange Sky uh, maybe one day might not need to be reliant on donations if we could um, have alternate revenue streams. And that's where um, the idea of uh, building a software as a service platform and bringing that to market could do two things. It could help the charitable sector um, help more people through volunteering, but it could also help Orange Sky raise the, the money we need to, to operate. And uh, that's where we, we launched Volibee, as it's now known, to help organisations on board, roster, manage and, and track their impact. And uh, now over 50 charities um, 
all around the place um, use uh, Volaby to, to manage their, their operations and, and have a massive impact. I love that. I really love that. So if I start from the other end, perhaps uh, before we go into more of that, like, is there any anything like this that has helped you along the way? Has there been an equivalent of Volaby that helped you not necessarily go through each phase of trial and error, but perhaps building on someone else's experience? Because I think that's a crucial part going forward that we can collaborate and and build on what works. So has there been anything like that for, for you in, in your journey? Yeah, and I, and I think it's incredibly low tech um, and and that uh, that instance is is talking to people. You know, some of the, the greatest ideas and greatest innovations we've had at Orange Sky haven't been from software. They've been come from passionate people that um, are really excited about what we're doing and they, they want to help. And, um, you know, our organization's founded on sitting down and having a really good conversation. And, um, you know, I hope that a lot of the, the reasons why we have done good things is because we've, we've sat down and we've listened. Mm, cool. So uh, could you elaborate a little bit more on what is it that it, it provides for um, uh, organizations that, that uh, uses the volatile platform? What does it help? Yeah, so it's a, a fully um, uh, web-based um, application where an, an organization um, like Sea Shepherd can use it to um, run their operations. So people who want to volunteer can apply on the tool to volunteer. Um, the organization can set up uh, custom uh, workflows to get that volunteer's um, information or their training into a system and then they can set up activities, whether that be an activation or um, you know, running a laundry service, they can set up all those activities in there and then they can make sure that those activities go out and those activities are safe. So they can measure incidents of the activities, they can measure you know, specific um, uh, data around um, you know, how many loads of washing were delivered and um, that then helps um, you know, inform their social impact in, in what they do. And, and I guess we're um, really excited for the potential of, of Volaby to um, help as, as many people as possible have a really incredible volunteering experience. And we know that behind every volunteering experience is hopefully someone like Jordan, who um, was our first ever friend, helped uh, getting you know a really important service. Mm. It's it's funny you should say uh, Paul, the Sea Shepherd as an example <laughs> because we're speaking with Paul Watson tomorrow. Oh wow! In, in this uh, podcast, so that's. <laughs> That'll be funny to build on, but yeah, this is this is super powerful. And I, what I also hear is that now Sea Shepherd is an established organization that has been around for many years. But this can also really help new newcomers to the scene. I believe to see, okay, here are steps, things that we can work uh, work through and get to the starting part much faster. Because I really see what you're doing here as a form of help to accelerate change in a good way to. Uh, and build on innovation. So that's really interesting. So if you wouldn't have done Orange Guy for your full time, like, is there any any other challenge that you right now feel like, oh, this this is something that someone should do a social enterprise about? Um, oh, I think there's so many radical problems in the world, and um, you know, I think you know the, the question of what would I have done um, if if Orange Guy didn't exist? You know, I think that I'm not too sure exactly what it would be, but I know that you know, the idea of, you know, having fun, solving problems and, and helping people are really important to me. And, and I think that there's so many, you know, really significant problems out there in the world that, you know, the the possibility of bringing great people together to solve, to uh, to do that is, is something that, you know, I hope in a, a small way I can be a part of, you know, the 
the the environmental impact of you know the environmental opportunity we and responsibility we all have you know the the learnings of um, our oldest living cultures and the uh, work that hasn't happened in um, working with First Nations people, you know, the opportunity to use technology for good, um, the opportunity to um, completely change the way that uh, people um, experience social interactions, are, um, you know, all things that, that fascinate, fascinate me and I think they're all um, incredibly important in, in this day and age. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like you say, there we're in, we're in a I feel like we're in we're in a time with with severe challenges, and with those severe challenges come comes great opportunities to to make real impacts. Love it. But uh, speaking about accelerating change, there, Melker, Nick, how does the future look like for for Orange Sky? What is the what is the ambition? Are you are you going uh, across more countries, or do you have more more ideas how to make more social impact in Australia, or what, what what's in the pipeline yeah um i guess what's in the pipeline is is now um orange sky this year is turning seven and um last year we we looked forward to what does orange sky look like in in 2025 and um you know last year we helped 13,000 people in the year and we hope that by 2025 each year we're helping 40,000 people so we want to triple our impact over the coming years and we want to do that uh in um half or, or as double the efficiency of, of what we we currently do so you know our, our core team is actively delivering on that and and something that um, we've put a heightened focus on since the start of this year is actually looking at how we can create alternate forms of change in the variables that show up at orange sky every day and um, that's the the privilege of the the team that um, i get to leave each um, you know, uh, Team Delta, which is um, not too too good for branding now, but um, the, the the Team Delta is is looking at how we can innovate around what Orange Sky does and and hopefully help um, help contribute to helping um, more people than we've ever imagined. Hmm. Something that I just uh, want to ask you and see if you have any insights on, like what is going on. Like perhaps we can use Australia as an example with the. The situation where people are without homes is it uh, is it increasing or is it reducing? What's uh, what's the trend? I find like ultimately you might want to help less people have the need to come to your vans, but what's what's the trend um, in in Australia perhaps? Yeah, I think you know um, one in two hundred people don't have a home in Australia, but I think homelessness is more uh, than a roof over their head. Um, homelessness is about feeling connected in your community, having access to really basic things like someone to talk to or, or a place to um, get your clothes washed. So, you know, I think that um, what we're seeing is that, you know, people are doing it tough globally and, um, you know, the importance of human connection has never been more important in the the age that we live in. So, um, you know, the prevalence of, of loneliness and isolation is um, prolific in in some communities, and I think that you know whether everyone is is um, has a roof over their head in in whatever form that may look like. What we do see is an increasing need for finding um, innovative ways for people to come together and really um, respect a, a fellow human being and and connect with that fellow human being. Mm, yeah, for sure. We we spend some time thinking about uh, like what a broader concept of wealth is. Uh, me and Jonathan and it's uh, it's definitely not just the financial transaction or the materialistic things, but it's rather the being aspects of being human. Um, and I've read studies before writing some projects that loneliness uh, can, in some regards, be more dangerous than than smoking because of this um, what it does like to your stress levels and 
all those things. I think it's a question that we need to think more of. And it's, I think it's a question that has been perhaps pushed up on the agenda by even the, the wealthy, the rich, financially rich nations of uh, the Western world being stuck in quarantine and realizing that's that's not so much fun. Uh, it's not so much fun being away from the, the social and community aspects of, of this life. But we, we don't have the largest uh, listener base in Australia, perhaps, but if, if people feel inspired and want to perhaps be a volunteer or, or do something like this, uh, what can they do if they want to get in contact with you? And what do you recommend them to do if they're perhaps in, in Scandinavia like we are? Yeah, I, I think um, you know, jumping onto our website, orangesky.org.au, and uh, you can find some really amazing stories about people we help, or um, you know, f- uh, find out um, what we're we're doing and, and register to volunteer if we have a van um, in your in your area. I think um, though, you actually don't need a, a bright orange van or, or lots of money to um, have a positive impact on people's life. I think what what you do need is to remind yourself about the power of a really good conversation, and if that's you know, checking in with a loved one or going out there and, and talking to someone who you might not all normally engage with. I think that they're really simple ways to, to have a profound impact on, on people's life. Um, and if also, if you um, like solving problems and, and you are one to, you know, do something, I think giving it a go is, you know, the best advice that, that um, I was ever given is that, you know, um, Orange Sky would still be a drawing in a book if, you know, if it wasn't for, um, you know, Lucas and I sitting down and, and giving it a go and, um, you know, I'm so thankful that, um, you know, through our, through our upbringings and through our um, people around us that they um, inspired us to, to give it a go. Mm. Yeah, mm. this is uh, amazing. Like that's something that really resonates with me as well. Like the, the power and the learning opportunity of actually starting out and doing something that and then like perhaps you don't want to take that approach uh, if you're building a nuclear bomb, but if you're doing something that is good for social impact, then starting out and then learning from experience and iterating from that, that has been for sure the journey of this podcast for me and Jonathan and, and much many other projects that there's no way I could have even seen the lessons from, from not starting out so that the actual power of starting and iterating is something that mm. I would also like to stress for, for our listeners that the, uh, trying something out and experimenting is, is a really powerful way of getting movement um, mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot about just ta- taking that first step and, and having that uh, based on those values that you have and, and the impact you want to make. It's all about taking the first st- step. Then things will will uh, find its way, I think. And uh, that's what I love a lot about your, your story, Nick, yours and Lucas, that you, okay, we want to help homeless people uh, to to get clean clothes and and then that ultimately led to being the conversation being quite the core pillar of the whole organization really and you you never you never know where 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 things turn out so i think it's uh it's really great and what i what i hear here here is like with your whole whole business is like if we can take like a parallel to to like the maslow's hierarchy of needs like then you we talk more about the psychological needs and and uh, the certain levels and st- steps in that um, hierarchy but i see really similarities that you're really providing basic human needs and you're really really helping people by by providing this this uh, service of be uh, feeling more tidy and and ultimately having a conversation and being more more part of of society again and uh, just um, loved all the work that you do and uh, 
hope to see uh, many more inspiring stories to to come thank you and um boy, i want to want to ask you our uh, our signature question that we do in the end of all our, our episodes that um what would you like to encourage to to listeners throughout this decade yeah i, I think you know we're, we're in a really interesting time globally for for the world and um you know one of lucas and i's good mentors says that you can't do anything significant in your life in less than 10 years and um you know when we started orange sky we were 20 and um you know the decade from 20 to 30 uh we're mm. we're at 70 on the way through so um you know i think that the 10 years um is a, a long period of time but it also can go very quickly if um you you find the the right thing to to point yourself towards so um i think my my um advice would be um, you know be passionate be curious and you know give it a go and and whatever stage you're at over that uh that decade i think that um, you know breaking things down and and um you know, not waiting too long to to realize the potential is is something so important to to do. So you know, break those ten years down uh, into whatever uh, sections you want, and and give things a go. Mm, amazing. So, thank you so much for having this conversation with us and spending your time here. And uh, for the listeners, head on over to their website and check it out. And uh, think about it a bit, like what what can you do? Perhaps what's something that's the next step for you as a listener. And just see what where that takes you. But again, Nick, thank you so much. I hope to see more of you soon. For sure, and um, thank you so much for for sharing our story and the uh, amazing research and conversations that that you uh, you inspire every day. Amazing. Thanks a lot, Nick. Bye bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Decade Podcast. I would like to ask you to reflect on anything in this episode that impacted you or left an impression that you could take with you in this decade of action. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or in your network on social media. And as always, feel free to reach out with feedback questions or topics you would like us to cover you can reach us through our social media or on the decade podcast at gmail.com and we hope to see you more further down the road throughout this decade thank you until next time